0: Well, talks on the debt ceiling are not even close, we're told, this morning. So an uneasiness spreads across the US share market. Oil is up because OPEC Plus are giving heavy hints that supplies could be cut. PMIs yesterday showing manufacturing by and large isn't picking up. And services are still running hot. Neither of those are the results we want. And the RBNZ today, along with UK CPI, both important. But so, of course, is the debt ceiling. It's Wednesday, the 24th of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Good morning. Well, as the debt ceiling deadline looms, equities are falling. We've got a 1.3% drop in the Nasdaq. It closed 1.1% down for the S&P 500 and a 0.7% loss in the Dow. The Russell 2000 also down 0.4%. Energy, the only sector doing well in the US. In Europe, the euro stock's 50, closed down 1%, but the FTSE 100 down, but just 0.1%. The US dollar is 0.3% high on the DXY, but in all this uncertainty, a 0.7% fall in the Aussie, getting down to 66 0.1 US cents, a 0.4% fall in the euro, and a 0.2% drop in the pound. And bond movements, very focused. So not a lot of movement in the US, down just two basis points for 10-year treasuries. Uh, It is a very different story of course in uh, in short-end treasury uh, notes, but we'll look at that in a second. In Germany, 10-year bunds are up just one basis point, but in Canada 10 years are up 11 basis points. And in the UK 10-year gilts up 10 basis points. Aussie 10 years up 6 basis points yesterday and they've added uh, just one overnight on futures up to 3.66 percent for 10 years and oil quite a bit higher today 1.3 percent for wti and brent a bit higher than that earlier Uh, so brent now up over 77 dollars a barrel so kevin mccarthy the speaker of the house has said that there's still a way to go on these negotiations we're talking about the u.s debt ceiling of course june the first seems to be d-day but they are not anywhere close they were mccarthy's exact words So let's kick off on that with Nabs Taylor-Newton in Melbourne. Uh, So there was a a meeting of Republicans, and McCarthy asked them all to stay united in their demand. So so he's digging his heels in, if he wears heels. I have no idea. Uh, But uh, anyway, it doesn't sound like a quick and easy result. And obviously, that is making the markets a little nervous this morning.
1: Yeah, good morning, Phil. That's... um that's right. So debt ceiling still very much front of mind. We had, you know, that lack of resolution kind of continuing to, um, to cause a little bit of unease in in markets, and we saw risk appetite a, a little bit weaker as a as a result of that. With just kind of no deal yet, President Biden did call the the meetings over the last twenty four hours or so productive, and they're they're back at it again. So you know, expectations are that. An agreement will still be there to be found. Both both sides of the negotiations have kind of continued to emphasise that kind of a default is is um, not something that they're that they're considering. And so, you know, the the expectation is a deal will be found. But you know, with that that kind of early early June and as early as June first deadline that um, Treasury Secretary Yellen has been been emphasising looming large the um the nervousness is certainly there and we saw kind of you know equities equities sell off and and selling off kind of more heavily into the the close as well with the S&P 500 down around 1% um and you know some some clear kind of you know, risk sentiment just not not liking the uh, the lack of resolution, as
0: as mm. you can imagine. Well, the yields on one month Treasury bills have absolutely shot up, almost to five point six percent now. We've seen them rising over the last few days. You've got to go back a long way to see them that high. In fact, I don't think they even got that high during the two thousand and eight uh, financial crisis. But I guess you know, if you if if you are buying bonds, and you're not really quite sure uh, when you're going to see the money back. Um, you know, it makes sense that you're going to charge a premium for it, doesn't it? In the PMIs yesterday, uh, there was the hope that maybe manufacturing would pick up a bit in the various parts of the world to show that there was some resilience in those economies uh, and perhaps it would help with uh, the supply of goods as well. And maybe services could cool off a bit because obviously there's been concern about uh, there being too much strength there and was that adding to inflation concerns. But instead, generally, manufacturing down, services up. That was certainly the case in the Euro area, particularly for Germany, and definitely for the United States. So this is exactly what we didn't want to see in the PMIs yesterday.
1: Yeah, that, that kind of stark divergence between what's happening on the, the good side of the economy and, and that more resilient picture on services definitely definitely continued. As you mentioned there, Germany kind of, you know, the, the poster child for, for that divergence with services PMI pushing up to 57.8 from, from 56 and pretty healthy levels there. But um the manufacturing um, side of it slipping further to to forty two point nine, and so a, a much much softer picture on that that manufacturing side. Really, the the key concern here looking forward is whether you know this softness in the manufacturing side of economies, which is in ordinary cycles usually a, a reasonable leading indicator of what will happen to the broader economy, is that signal true this time with kind of the the very large desynchronization across goods and services that we saw over that pandemic period. Potentially just reflecting that maybe this manufacturing slowdown that we're seeing is just a hangover from that strength through the pandemic years, and isn't necessarily kind of a forward-looking indicator that services will be coming back down to earth under the the weight of monetary policy tightening so far. Well, because um, we got everything we needed, banks, we got
0: everything we needed during the lockdown. We got our fridge freezers and we got all the all the all the gumph that we uh, we we bought it up with the money that the government was giving us, and now we've got it. We don't need it. Do you think there's a bit of that going on? Yeah. Uh, A bit of
1: that and part of that kind of rebalance away from very elevated good spending, you know, could be flowing through into a good side of the economy globally that looks fairly recessionary, even as it is just kind of a rebalance in that composition rather than kind of a a signal of a a broader macro slowing. Um, And so certainly the services PMIs remaining robust is, is suggesting that that story of services resilience is still there. And unhappily for central banks, especially in Europe, that are very focused on that persistence of of service and inflation to to guide them of whether well they will need to do more even as some of these energy and goods pressures do come out of the inflation backdrop, the detail on the the price side didn't provide any relief as well. So in in the eurozone, for instance, on the price side, price pressures overall did ease a little bit, but led by goods again saw the the first fall in in goods prices since september 2020 um in the eurozone but services price rises accelerated from where they were in april and firms reporting there that they have high pricing power amid strong demand for services and so that that chief concern of central banks at the moment that that service side will stay resilient and continue to generate those persistent inflation pressures um no no relief there from this data
0: well persistent is the word isn't it and yet on the you know the weakness of the manufacturing side the richmond fed manufacturing index saw business conditions falling further in may from minus 10 in april to minus 15 big falls in shipments and new orders uh, in fact the new orders index went from minus 20 to minus 29 i know these are regional surveys and they're a bit uh a, it can be a bit all over the place but they, these are sharp moves down aren't they but whilst curiously more jobs I, i'm not sure you know orders are down but more jobs go figure yeah, certainly.
1: You know, a, a similar picture from the US. We had those um, those PMIs for the US as well, which aren't as closely watched as the the ISM um, numbers that are, are similar and coming up um, fairly soon. But um, yeah, as as you say, that kind of manufacturing side still showing some some softness in the US as well. But you know, not necessarily translating into that softening in labour market conditions. So again, no easy out from from central banks' perspectives. There. And
0: new home sales rising the most in thirteen months. So I, I, there's it's a bit of a distorted picture though isn't it because there's not a lot of established properties being sold because why would you sell your house when you you would have to if you moved you'd have to renegotiate a mortgage so you're not going to do that so there's a shortage of inventory there so if you do want to move into a house you're going to have to move into a new house so perhaps not surprising new home sales uh are where we're seeing the most movement
1: yeah I think that's right so new home sales are um, a little bit stronger than expected and, and up 26% from their recent lows as recently as July 2022. Um, and as you say, that's kind of in that contrast with that fallback in aggregate mortgage demand that we've seen as, you know, unsurprisingly as, as mortgage rates have moved higher. And I think it is that split between there's just not a lot of available stock among among existing homes. And then you have some excess inventories that um, that developers and home builders are are looking to clear. And so that's kind of supporting that shift and, and supporting that, that increase in, in new home sales specifically.
0: So uh, just going back to the PMIs for a second, the UK, uh, they're one area where they did see the services growth slow a little, still at 55.1, so still very much in expansion territory and actually the same read as the United States, so there's uh, still a lot of growth in the service sector and a change of tune from the IMF for the UK as well. So they've switched their forecast from shrinking by 0.3% to growing by 0.4%, so actually doing better than Germany now, unless of course they they change the figures again which is uh, which is always possible with the imf isn't it uh, look the uk inflation numbers are out uh, later on today andrew bailey has uh, been talking about them uh, in front of the commons treasury committee saying that he thinks inflation has turned the corner but that is a fairly easy call isn't it really because if we're looking at the headline number we know that that will drop just because of base effects so not a particularly big call uh, from the governor of the bank of england
1: yeah that that's right so we did hear from boe officials in front of um front of the treasury committee uh last night and and Bailey there saying that inflation has turned a corner. Importantly, he was saying that service inflation is tracking more or less as they thought in February. And so with the, the recent Bank of England guidance very much that it will take evidence of more persistence and in inflation pressures to, to keep them moving, that kind of expectation that so far at least that services side um, that they expect to be more persistent as we were talking about before, is tracking broadly as they thought, whereas the surprises have been coming from food and other things um, is certainly important and important context as we look to the inflation data that's coming up today. Um, as you say, a, a fall from 10.1 to to, to something that starts with an eight is is widely expected and really driven by those energy base effects on the Bank of England numbers. Those alone will take one point eight percentage points off that year ended number. Um so a, a fall is is expected. The Bank of England pencils in a fall to eight point four. Consensus looks for a fall to, to eight point two. Um but really on the on the path forward it will be what that services side says, what that that core inflation read says with the, the year ended core inflation number expected to be to be unchanged in the month. Um, as for whether you know that evidence of even more persistence in inflation is there, because that's what's going to keep the the Bank of England moving if they if they do need to keep moving. And interestingly, when we look at market pricing, markets are still pricing bank rate um, of five percent um, this year, and almost ninety percent priced for for a hike at at the June meeting. And so, certainly in in their minds, the the baseline is. More hikes from here, even as the Bank of England communication is is certainly shift has shifted in that direction, it will need to be surprised um, in order to keep us moving. But those risks of persistence were were something that was talked about a lot in in parliamentary testimony, and and the the one of the lessons that certainly Catherine Mann had taken was that they have been underestimating the degree of persistence or the persistence of persistence, as, as she called it. So you know, though that that evidence of persistence. Whoa. Will keep the BOE going, even if um, those base effects do pull that year on year rate
0: down as widely expected. I I, I think you've got the most characters of the word persistence in one sentence there. Well done. Uh, The RBNZ uh, lunchtime today. Uh, Before that, we've got the New Zealand retail sales. um, Perhaps a bit late to influence the decision from the RBNZ, but we sort of know that's going to be 25 basis points, don't we? Although there has been some talk, you know, but maybe they'll shock us, the shock and awe option, and go for uh, 50 basis points that would be that would be quite a thing but we know there's more to come anyway
1: yeah retail sales volumes out just ahead of the rbnz i can't imagine it would do too much to to shift their decision the expectations are for for fairly modest growth in um in real retail spending there um the rbnz much more interesting and you know, widely expected to go 25 basis points, 18 of 21 respondents in, in the Bloomberg survey look for that. Our, our colleagues at, at BNZ are looking for 25 basis points as well. Markets are certainly allowing a, a fairly large risk that the RBNZ goes with 50 basis points as well. Um, and given that, you know, the RBNZ did surprise with that that larger hike um, at, at their last meeting, um, that's, you know, very understandable. We've also had um, a budget that was kind of broadly interpreted as kind of front loading, a bit of an expansionary shift. And so that um, we'll be adding as well um, and, you know, Given that there hasn't been that much communication out of the RBNZ since April as well, those risks that they do kind of surprise again with a larger than 25 basis point high can't can't really be discounted. So a bit of uncertainty there ahead of the RBNZ today.
0: Well, Kevin McCarthy has tweeted an hour ago, uh, I've been very clear with the president since day one, we're not raising taxes. I think that is the number of the issue, isn't it? It's cuts versus taxes. Uh, so, you know, at least we know uh, each side is d- doing what we'd expect of them. You know, the, the conservative side of politics is saying no we want tax cuts and the other side is saying no we want to we want to lift taxes to uh, pay for some of this debt so no surprise there that's that they've got to nut that out are they going to do it by june the 1st we'll we'll find out look the frmc minutes tomorrow morning ray will be across those with us tomorrow and i think you are with us again on Monday, Taylor. Haven't spoken to you for a while, but we've got a double dose in a week, so uh, we'll speak to you then. That's right. Speak to you then. Thanks. And that's Phil. it. Middle of the week already. Wednesday morning's morning call from Nab and Phil Dobby back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.